Hey there, everyone. Get ready to catch up on the latest in the world of aviation with an exciting and energetic episode of TY Hub Let's Talk podcast. Today, we have a very special guest in the cockpit, the incredible pilot, Laura Russell. So buckle up as we dive into an episode that's all about passion, aviation and inspiration. Welcome to TY Hub Let's Talk podcast, where we're about to take flight with this thrilling conversation. Fasten your seatbelts. We're chatting to the one and only Laura Russell. This episode will feature the story that soars high above the clouds. This is TY Hub Let's Talk podcast, shaping the future one chat at a time. Welcome back to TY Hub Let's Talk podcast. Uh, you've had quite an adventure since we had our last chat. You yes. World uh, Advanced Aerobatic Championships. So that, that is a mouthful, isn't it? It is a mouthful. It doesn't roll <laughs> off the tongue very easily. No, we just watched a little clip there of everything that you did. It was so, so incredible for, for you to go over to uh, America and join in this this big championship and fly the flag for Ireland literally yeah <laughs> flag for Ireland um tell us more about it tell us when it was exactly and and how you got on yeah god it was um it was absolutely incredible so it was a few months ago now um I traveled over uh from Shannon uh on the 18th of October and I went from Shannon to uh JFK and then JFK to Las Vegas and um the competition was due to start on the 24th of October, but I was there obviously a week in advance so I could get training and get used to the place. Um, also, I had an aircraft rented that I had never met or flown before. So I wanted to reacquaint myself with the aircraft um, out there in the desert um, before the competition. So early on the morning of the 19th, after um, flying over from Ireland, a little jet lagged, I went to the airport where the championships were on, met the airplane and got, 
that training. Yeah. Um, um, so you could you you had to do a bit of fundraising to go over there because you you you're, even your team you were Team Ireland. Um, I and, was the sole Team Ireland member. So yeah. Um. So you couldn't bring a plane over with you. So you're lucky enough that you were able to rent one over there. So what type of plane was it, Laura? Um. Yeah. So it's called an Extra Three Thirty LX. Um. Extra is the manufacturer. Uh, they're German. And it's um like a carbon composite aircraft. It's not unlike what you see in like the Red Bull Air Race. And um like renting renting a plane in America, it's not unfortunately, it's not like renting a car. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't just show up and hand over your money. <laughs> um so so the, the the aircraft rental I'd actually sorted well in advance, like probably half a year in advance when it was all done and dusted and, and sorted. And um, we were lucky enough that um, there were a few rental aircraft made available to competitors because there was other uh, countries and um, pilots like me who had to rent an aircraft over there. So it was um, myself and four other guys sharing this one aircraft. And the aircraft, um, it actually came from Colorado. It's based in Denver. So it had a bit of a ferry flight to do even before the, the competition began. Mm. And um, so on the days prior to the competition, we all aimed to fly twice a day for oh. 15 minutes, just as training slots, basically. And um, I had plenty of flights logged in the aircraft by the time the competition actually started, which was great, you know, because even though they're all technically the exact same, they all fly a little different. And um one thing as well of major concern um, to everyone uh, was that we were flying in somewhere which had high, quite quite high um, density altitude. So by that, I mean that the temperatures are very high. We were uh, flying just south of Vegas, about 20, 30 miles south of Vegas. So it was already 30 degrees Celsius there every day. And the actual elevation of the airport itself was 3000 feet. So Ooh. the air is quite thin. And yeah. that was something like a lot of people weren't used to myself and a lot of the European competitors are flying at airfields that are basically near sea level in kind of moderate temperatures, you know. Um, so I wasn't sure how the aircraft would actually feel. And that was great then to have the few days beforehand to get used to that. And, um, was, it, and was it flying different? Did it fly differently than a, an aircraft here? Like, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, it was noticeable. So before, before, actually kind of done out like uh, a little graph of like what kind of horsepower I might expect in those conditions and so on and it was definitely much less than you would get from the same aircraft flying at sea level for example okay. um, which is very interesting and the other thing as well is um, because the air is thinner the ability of the aircraft to to roll was much less so okay. I kind of I'd liken it to flying in soup like it felt soupy and non-precise it's kind of hard to describe um, there was a, bit, a bit more force hold you free it was harder for you to push it to do the roll kind of like and you could feel actually well, the other thing as well is you could feel there just wasn't much bite in the air like okay. um yeah and it was just grit, subtle grit little things tire, you know like, almost like grit to tires on a road uh, kinda, like you know you're being restricted like you can feel it you know yeah so that was interesting, <laughs> very interesting. Um, How many uh, were there with you? Well, um, so in terms of competitors, hmm. 
Um, I think in the end, there was um, just under 50 people competed. Wow. Yeah. And um, like it was very interesting because the, the basically all the the big heavy hitting teams, the Romanians and the French and so on, they did really well because they're, I mean, they're state funded. They had their own aircraft. Um, the Romanians shipped their own aircraft over and so on. Um, so the, the, there's a few teams with just one member and two members and you could see like, the, you know, it's not the same level of um, training and prep, you know, afforded to us maybe as, as the, like the guys in the French team. Mm. And um out of the 50 or so competitors, there was four females, including me. And um, I like, <laughs> it's just, it's bizarre. Like it's one sport that really doesn't discriminate. Like there, there is no advantage or disadvantage to being male or female yeah. in the sport and they don't actually distinguish. Um, but it's yet another aspect of aviation, which has that kind of mad imbalance between male and female. Um, there's just not a lot of females going to it, you know. 46 so, guys against four girls uh, or women. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, one of the women at it, Melanie, she is um, an incredible pilot. She's unlimited level. So she's the top, top level. But because of COVID, she hadn't competed. So she could come back to the advanced level and compete. She's mm -hmm. actually the first and only female um, Red Bull Air Race pilot. Oh. So people might actually know her from being online already. She does a lot of outreach and, and good stuff for careers and so on. And she competed and uh, seeing her fly was very impressive. Like you could see like, wow, she is absolutely amazing. Like, you know, you could tell there was a wealth of experience there. And after you, so there was a bit of camaraderie between um, between everybody there, even though you're competing against each other, it's, it's still everybody has the same passion so yes. it's passionate you know it's a passionate uh, event um and sport and it takes a lot out of you as well doesn't it i mean like I've, oh my goodness yes i've watched loads of your videos and you're you're practicing beforehand like almost like you're doing a dance and then <clears throat> excuse me and then when you get uh, into the aircraft your body becomes almost one with the aircraft so your your mind is manipulating the aircraft as if it was another part of of your body For sure exhausting really it is oh. yeah uh like even though our the actual competition flights themselves are very short you're in the air for 12 minutes okay the the lead up to that flight is is it's quite arduous because there is so much mental preparation like you spend hours and potentially days um, rehearsing the flight that you're going to do and um, when you actually are up there flying that routine you're so engaged um, you know you have 110% of your concentration given over to flying the aircraft and you're right you have to be one with the airplane and that that's like, like that's how the competitions are won and lost if your your mental um, preparation isn't there then you can't get into that perfect mental zone of the the competition flight um, and then you know things don't go as well as you you plan. Then you start to make little mistakes, and it's that's what it's all about. It's a mental game, like yeah. yeah. And you were there a week before the competition started itself, so yeah, you, you had time to adjust to the time difference. Yeah, 
like the the incredible time it took you to get there as well. Two not not two short flights, two quite long flights as well. Yeah, it was. I forgot how big North America is. Do you know when you get to <laughs> when you get to New York and you're like, okay, just another little flight. No, it's six hours. <laughs> six hours oh my god wow yeah, yeah. so i was a bit delirious by the time i actually got to las vegas that night uh but yeah you have to kind of get over the jet lag nice and quick and um, yeah although it's not really jet lag at that stage it's just kind of sick and tired of traveling so yeah. six hours while you were flying <laughs> <laughs> and um did you uh, and and how long does the competition last then? Like okay, so um the twenty fourth was the official opening day, so they had the opening ceremony, and it was about ten days uh, of competition, because what they tried to do is, um so let's say there was fifty of us flying just for round numbers, um every single pilot has to fly at least three times four is ideal, and um what they do is they split the bunch into groups so that not there's no pilot ends up flying twice in one day okay that's like an international rule which is great because you'd be goodness you'd be absolutely wrecked tired if you tried to do that during the competition so um i ended up flying on the first day because i drew a very low running order number which was great because then you just get your first flight done and all those nerves are kind of taken care of you know you just get it out of the way um, and then in theory, I was supposed to have three days off before my next flight, which was just the perfect amount of time to prep for the next sequence that we would have to learn. Uh, it actually turned into six days because the wind picked up and went out of limits for us. Um, at international competitions, they have very strict wind limits right. um, at the surface and at uh, altitude so that we can't fly if it's above a certain number of meters per second. And mm-hmm. um all 50 of us were just sat around for a few days waiting patiently for the winds to calm down. And that that was probably the most tiring part of the whole competition. Okay. Just sitting around waiting. Yeah, because you're anticipating. Were you, were you told early in the morning or the night before that the competition wouldn't be running the next day? Or was it kind of like, oh, well, we're just waiting for the for the winds to die down for you to it get was, It was a bit of a wait and see. So there was a constant kind of you know, anticipation, which was, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's just emotionally, mentally tiring, like, because you potentially have to be ready to go within a couple of hours and then you're like, oh God, I can't relax. So um, by the time that second flight came around, it was six days later. Now I, I had prepped a lot and I was really ready for it. And I actually, it went really, really well for me. I was absolutely chuffed with myself because it was the first um, unknown flight, if you like. Um so this is a flight where you're just given a piece of paper with um, the maneuvers on it and you have to learn it off on the ground and then go up and fly it. And um, this is my first ever one with an international competition. So I was like, OK, I, I you know, I want to do good with this. And I did. I did really well. And um, when I had flown that, I landed and I get my next unknown flight to fly. So a brand new sequence that I need to learn and then go up and fly. And it ended up being like a day and a half break between that second flight and the third flight. And then I was shattered. Oh, my God. I just I was so tired. I think the anticipation of the six days prior was uh, hit me all at once. And I ended up doing so crap on the on the, the last flight. But like by then I was so happy that I had competed legitimately you know I'd already kind of made history and, and done my thing. So I was. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that, but that's how it goes. Yeah. I think the, the these championships are very much a marathon and there's a very particular method to 
surviving them. Yeah. And did you did you have anyone come over with you from Ireland or was your team completely <laughs> based over there? So, <laughs> um, so in the end, um, my coach came over because he had myself and like four or five others of his protégés, which was great. Right. Um, so he was there so, to support us. And um, you mentioned earlier the camaraderie. So even though it was a worldwide event, we all kind of know each other. Nice. So I knew a lot of people there. Um, and in the end, because uh, my dad was unwell, my mum stayed put in Ireland. Um, and then uh, I had my boyfriend, uh, thank God, got time off to come over as well during the second half of the competition. So that was great. Yeah, yeah. So that was brilliant. And he's a flyer and an aerobatic pilot as well. So he knew. He knew what he was letting himself in for for the, for the event. I think yeah. he just didn't want to be left on the sidelines, really. That too. He had a bit of FOMO. He was like, I want to come over and see all these gorgeous airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. is, there, is there airplane envy? Oh, yeah. There is. Like, there is. There has <laughs> to be. Um, like, there's definitely, like, if I had one, you know, if I could have my pick of them, I would have walked around and chosen five aircraft immediately to take with me if I could off the uh, the running line at the competition. Like so, yeah. And was there <laughs> aircrafts there that you wouldn't see in Europe or in Ireland? Like, yeah, actually, there's a couple of American-made um, experimental category aircraft that are there that are really nice. There's uh, something called a, is that, well, we call it a Stodacker. There's different pronunciations. But these would be um, an older American variant of uh, a beautiful monoplane type aircraft. Um, they look very rudimentary, I would say, but they're super capable. And it's nice to see them because you don't see them in Europe. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there were there were a lot of extras there that they're kind of the, the standard these days for that level of flying. I, so has has it bitten? Has this world championship taken a hold? Uh, I know you're going to be doing the European championship this year, uh, yeah. the autumn in September. But has has the world championship has that like you you you've been there, you've done that, you know what to expect? Yeah, go on and and grab it with both hands next time. I think I'll be better equipped the next one. I think everyone, actually everyone I've talked to and even things I've read online uh, where people kind of recount their very first championships, world championships, they all have the same thing of like, now I know how to do a world championships because it is it is very different to um, any of the competitions I've done before where they've been taking place over two days, a weekend or even three or four days, you know, and everything is done very quickly and there's not much hanging around in anticipation. This was such a different vibe because it was so drawn out and there was a lot more mental prep involved than there had been prior you know uh so yeah i'm actually I, i'm so looking forward to doing more of them because they're just such a different beast of a competition yeah yeah and they're every two years is it yeah the worlds are every two years and then european championships are the alternate years in between so that's why this year uh the european championships will be taking place uh they'll be in romania in september so i'm going to i have the leave thank god thank you erlingus um for for the the romanian uh, competition so i'll hopefully be heading over to that super it's so it's so cool i mean like it's from what we spoke about previously it's part of your original passion you you yeah. you 
happened upon um getting a flying lesson from your nan and your yeah. that grabbed you with two hands and you didn't look back and you've uh, forged a career out of it as well yes. Not, yes and not just as a commercial pilot you you are actually also an aerobatic or no are you an aerobatic instructor or just a flight yeah. instructor? the aerobatic instructor yeah yeah right okay so you, you're teaching the next ones that are going to be bitten by the yes oh and it's it's that's like such a lovely thing like it's so wonderful to pass it on you know yeah but you're right like it it the start of it was very innocuous if you like just a flying lesson for my for my nan and i loved it you know and um and there's still aspects of aviation that i haven't even tested out or tried you know a lot of people who have come into this type of aerobatics that I do, a lot of them started with gliding and gliding aerobatics. You know, that's never something I've I've even tried out. Uh, that's why it's a, it's just such a wonderful area to be interested in, either to make a career out of or a, a, a passion from, because there's so many different aspects to it, you know, and that's that's the wonderful thing about aviation. And I think, and I think that's it as well, isn't it? That you don't know about all the different sides of it until you're in it. Uh, yeah. There, it is like well, not even in it, but even when you start looking into it, um, from flight simulators to um, and that and that's huge as well. Um, it's also becoming very big with teen from teens upwards that are you know they're doing it on their on their gaming now and they're getting all yeah. the proper equipment to go with yeah. and then from that get your flight lesson you're you're yeah. learning how to fly a plane and then um you you can make your choice whether you want to try out that that's life exactly it? you can try out different sides of it then as well you can try out um uh, fixed wing and yeah. rotary and um big planes small planes oh yeah now i that, that's something i actually need to get my head around is how how, uh, how a glider works because it's kind of like your 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 ones that you put together from a kit um that you control with your hand so it's technically you're you're launched at a at a speed and and you're gliding with with the air so you definitely don't want uh certain winds to come yeah, yeah exactly yes yes they're definitely oh, no. subject to good wind <laughs> yeah so is that is that something that is on your wish list now to I, I like gliding. I think well the problem that I have is that I want to try everything in aviation so yes everything is on the wish list like but um, <laughs> I'll get to it eventually yeah hey uh, so what's what ooh, let me think where was I going so what's what's next so European flights uh the championship is next yeah um, so that's plenty of practice for you between yeah thank god that's that's a good bit away still thankfully um last year i very much kind of went um into the season uh wanting to throw myself in the deep end and just do loads of competition um and and not so much training um but this year i want to do a lot more training so i i, I hope that i can fulfill that um, so that I feel a bit more settled in the advanced level um, because last year was my first year at advanced um, and this year like there's definitely a settling phase that you need <laughs> in order to feel a bit more comfortable um, doing everything they can throw at you in these unknown flights and so on so plenty of training um, I'm hoping to get over in the next few weeks to the UK to do a bit 
of instructing as well as just my own selfish flying. Um, because the winter, the weather has been absolutely terrible this winter, actually. Yeah. And very, very poor. So I'm hoping that the forecast really will continue to be quite positive looking for this weekend. It wasn't um, just the winter, though. 2023 didn't have a great year. No, it didn't, actually. Yeah, there was a lot of... a bit more, yeah. I'd say, then. Yeah. There was a lot of sitting around waiting for wind and cloud and stuff. Yeah. So hopefully, I don't know, hopefully we'll get lucky this year. Um, if I can, I'm going to try and get to the UK Nationals as well in July. Um, a little harder to get the leave for that, but that, that will be the intention as well. So, yeah. So I'll be... That's the end of part one. Stay tuned for part two where the conversation soars to new heights. Until then, happy listening.